Welcome to Tear Report, a podcast made by a fan for the fans of the Saturday Sharks. Every single thing you hear about in this podcast is completely my opinion and is not affiliated with the official Saturday Sharks of the National Hockey League. Thank you and hopefully you'll enjoy this episode of Tear Report. Well, hello and welcome to this very special edition of Two Report that looks back on what was the 2019 All-Star Weekend, which of course took place in our very own Shark Tank, the SAP Centre in San Jose. On the 25th and the 26th of January 2019. This event is always looked forward to on NHL Canada. It's that one time of the year where, regardless of what you support, who your rivals are, you just come together and we just have some good old-fashioned fun. And we're going to look back on what were the highlights, controversies, because a few, and special moments of what was a special weekend for that day. Uh, All-Star Weekend of first. The first being, of course, playing on Friday, Saturday. Normally this weekend doesn't take place on Saturday, Sunday, but this year the skills competition took place on Friday and the actual games themselves took place on a Saturday. So let's get straight looking back at all this special stuff. First up, this was the fourth year that we saw the three-on-three tournament. And I say I quite like this style of tournament now. I think it's a good way for all the divisions, all the teams to represent it. You see at least one player in each team represented in the division team. My main concern is that this is the fourth year now, the semi-finals have been Pacific Central. Atlantic Metropolitan, and I think that's boring. It's because it's it's obvious that some people may put a favouritism beforehand on certain division going through based on past year years events. I think there's many little pieces of advice for St. Louis next year is do lots. So we had them. So basically, just pull out in a hat, and whoever, and if it means we have a same conference so far again then so be it or we could have potentially have an intercross conference so far I think that would make it all better so there's a fourth year on four on four tournament no three on three tournament sorry fourth year of three on three and once again the edge of fans were allowed to vote on their captains and we had some surprises this year and some expectance Okay, so let's start with Team Central. Their captain chosen was Nathan McKinnon from the Colorado Avalanche. Team Pacifics was Colin McDavid from the Edmonton Oilers. Team Atlantic was from the Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews. And then we come to Team Metropolitan. Now, originally the fans voted Alexander Ovechkin from the Washington Capitals uh, to be the captain of Team Metropolitan. However, a few days later, he chose to abstain. Right, okay. I'm sure we've all got our views on this. Now, his reasons were he wanted, he opted to abstain in order to rest for the second half of the year because he figured it might help the Capitals um, do better. Um, they've not been in good form since that World Star break, we should know. Was it seven they've lost in a row now? Seven? Um, now, 
here's my view. If he was if he was chosen by the league itself, fair dues, fair dues. I could totally accept it, fair dues. But no, he was voted for by the fans, so that makes me a bit frustrated because if the fans of the league have voted for you to do this, it's an honour. And think about it. Once you've retired, that's it. You'll never get the opportunity to go to be eligible for an all-star weekend again. So you should make the most opportunity when you've been selected to be selected. And this turned out into a mess, really, because I think Team Metropolitan then went on to not have a captain, captain at all. It was just absolute messy, messy, messy. Um, but, yeah, dreadful. Um, so, yeah, so I was a bit annoyed about that. But I can understand the reasons why. But at the end of the day, you got voted for by the fans. You should have gone. At least Nathan McKinnon had the decency because he got injured. He he got injured. He did, but he did have the decency to still recognise. Okay, I'm obeyed by the fans of the league. It's a huge honour. I'm still going to go down there and say here I am, despite the fact that I am injured and therefore can't play. But at the end of the day, that's the decision, and we have to respect it. Now, I said at the start of the program, this is a year of first. I was those first is that this year. Each of the fans were, cho were chosen to vote in one final player to go on the division's teams. So, in each division, one member player from each team was chosen to be eligible. And fans could vote up to ten times. Um, for our Sharks, it was Logan Couture who was on the shortlist for Team Pacific. However, sadly, um, he didn't get in. Oh, it, would have been, it would have been nice to have had four Sharks there, but unfortunately, no. He got beaten out by the Everton Oilers. Hold on. Uh, the Everton Oilers' Leon Drassil. That's who was voted in for Team Pacific. Uh, for Team Central, it was from the Colorado Avalanche, Gabriel Landeskog. For Team um, Metropolitan, it was... Uh, Chris Letang for the Pittsburgh Penguins and for Team Atlantic it was from the Buffalo Sabres Jeff Skidder. Those were who was voted in on the last man. Um, what was I thinking about? I think it's a good idea to get the, for the lead to get the fans more involved. Because um, normally we just vote for the captains and that's it. The rest is decided. So it's kind of a nice thing to do um, as a whole. Will this mean we get to have more control over who goes to the Storm Weekend? I don't know. Maybe that could be the next time. Okay, now on to the next main topic, the jerseys. Every year with the All-Star Weekend, I, the jerseys come out and immediately I go, Eh! 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 Horrible! Nasty! That's ugly! Who forced that? And literally, in the days leading up to us praying, Please be nice. Please be nice. Because I don't want to go, eh, 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 on my team's designs. Um, now, when it got released, I was a bit, oh, okay, right. Let's start the positives. First, I'm so delighted that each team gets to have their team crest on the jerseys. I'm like, yes! This is something that I think needs to be more noticeable at the All-Star Weekend because in the past, it's been the main, the chest plate would be the NHL shield and on the shoulder pad, shoulders, it would be the team's logo. And that's very hard to spot, I feel. So you can't, so you have to rely on 
your extensive NHL knowledge uh, to recognise who that player is and what team they're from. So I thought this year was a lovely idea for the NHL to put the team's logos on the chest plate and I hope that is permanent. That has got to be a permanent thing now for All-Star jerseys. Um, another good thing is the idea that it was made up from recycled materials. I thought that is such an amazing thing to do. It shows how the league is interested in making our planet a better place. And I think it's quite um, relatable to, obviously, the host team. We are the sharks. Sharks live in the oceans. We all need to protect our oceans. A good move. Maybe we should maybe we should get a new fur jersey for sharks and have that made from recycled materials. I don't know. Because um, I know quite a few people do like their stuff jerseys, but I think maybe having a recyclable made fur jersey would be more better. Hmm, that's what we could think of. Um, so if each team got two versions, a black version and a white version, if you were the designated the home team, you'd wear the black version, if you designated the white team, you would be wearing the, um, the away, away team. If you, you'd be wearing the dark jerseys. Um, now, I personally love our white jersey. I'm currently wearing it. It's I love the white jersey. Particularly how the way the team crest looks compared to on the black jersey. Um, it's just amazing. Now, a little bit of the... the uh, Qualms, we'll call it. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that there wasn't that much teal. Um, normally in past years, we have you are able to point out a small thing related to the host team on the All Star jersey, and unless you buy a Sharks All Star jersey, you would only be able to notice the Sharks one. It's got the Team Crest logo, but of course, it does have the All Star Rico logo on the shoulder part. It is actually very hard to find. You've got to sort of move the sleeve a bit to sort of spot it. Um, so that was a bit, a little bit of a disappointment, but it's something that easily could have been sorted out. Um, out. And at first, I didn't know what to make of it really. I thought, okay, are these good? Are they not good? Um, but I thought, it's my team hosting it. I'm going to get one. It's a keepsake. I'm currently wearing it. I went with, I went with the white one because I thought it looks so nice. And I think it's a shame that Team Pacific didn't get a chance to wear the white ones because I thought we would have looked stunning in those jerseys. Jerseys. Okay, so that's Pelleni's done it out of the way. Let's pause a, for a breather. Okay, let's now look back at the skills competition. These are so fun. And in the skills competition, it's the rare moment you get to see all the team's home jerseys on the ice. It's just a fabulous display of colour. It is amazing. And there are six events. And this is normally as we where Team Pacific... Since we've moved to the four, three on three tournament, have dominated. Um, so this is going to be interesting to see how it played in Saturday. Let's go one by one. So, fastest skater. Who else was going to win this, really? Really? Cora David, 
He went the last two years. Surely he was going to win a third, and he did. With a time of 13.378 seconds. He actually had some stiff competition there. Um, Jack Etchell from the Buffalo Sabres came with a time, pressure time of 13.582. That is actually close. So, Conor David, he didn't win by a mile. He won by a very narrow margin. Uh, let's just go for the other players, shall we? Uh, Matthew Barzell from the Islanders, uh, 13.780. Mimo Hexenson from the Dallas Stars, 13.914. Elias Patterson from Vancouver, uh, 13.930. Cam Atkinson from Columbus, 14.152. We have a very special guest in this college this year. Uh, Nathan McKinnon was originally going to compete in this event, but due to injury, he pulled out. And instead, we had a very special guest from the USA women's team, Kendall Horn. She had a time of 14.346. And our final player from Alistair Cotis, Clayton Keller, had a time of 14.526. So that's the first win for Team Pacific. Puck control. This is what's one of those um, gates, which really amusing because you think that's the easiest part of the troll competition and they still have struggled doing it i remember eric carlson last year just struggling to get it. like you just simply got to guide the puck through the gate and then move on and some people did have trouble with that this year um this was a close one right patrick hay was first up for team central representing chicago he had a time of 28.611 and it looked like he wasn't going to get beaten. If you look at the other times, um, Claude Drew from Philadelphia got 30.270. Mark Schiffel from Winnipeg, 32.161. Gabriel Landeskog, this bear was dominated by Team Central, by the way, uh, from Colorado, he got 33.425. Then John DeBarris for Toronto, 35.210. Jeff Skinner for Buffalo, 35.407. And Elas Patterson from Vancouver, 43.622. And it came down to the last player, John, John, Johnny Goodrow for Calgary. He got it. Again, by the narrowest of margins, it was 27.0045 his time. Again, like the comment, David, this is the event he was defending, and he won it by a small, small margin. But still, that was the second event won for Team Pacific. Save Street. This is where the pl the netminders come into play. So all the netminders pl that have been chosen to represent their division in the All Star game competed. We had some shockers. Let's start with Pecorino. He is somebody you expect to do very well. He he does bring it up from Nashville, and his save streak it was two goal, two goal, two. It was like whoa, what was that? You just he just didn't see that coming. I thought he would have been a contender with this event this year, but no, it was weird to see. And it's going to show how when, it's, when the pressure's off you, and it's not really, uh, you just dare to have some fun. It shows what could happen in that event. Um, Marco J. Fleury, who was uh, defending this crown, he got a save streak of sticks. And it a slow start to begin with, and it looked like it was about to get there and then unfortunately he just couldn't manage it um 
it was Henrik Ludquist from the New York Rangers who won this November team match pod and he got a save streak of 12. Andre Bielewski looked like he was going to do it for Team Atlantic, who represented Tampa Bay with eight, but unfortunately it all came out to Lundqvist in the end, really. Uh, the others were Devon Dominic from, from Minnesota. Um, he saved, had a save streak of seven. John Gibson from Anaheim had a save streak of three. Um, Jimmy Howard from Detroit, so it's Pecorino, two, and Braden Holtby. This was a big shocker. Well, not if he played Washington recently. Get a save streak of one. Maybe he should have been outstanding and not Ovechkin. Mm. So that was the first competition one for Team Atlantic. Premier Pastor. I loved this one. I loved it. I was in stitches. I was in stitches. It was the mini nets. I was watching this on my telly screen. I was like, where are they? I can't see them that tiny. It wasn't until we had close-ups that um, we actually saw them. It was like, whoa! Maybe I think we should have this to settle overtime. If it goes, if nobody can score in overtime, there are penalty shots. Let's have mini nets. If you nets, the best of three, three, see who scores. That would be very entertaining. But they proved to be a tricky event when you look at the times. Uh, this one had a shark representing us. It was Eric Carlson. He had a time of one, one eight point eight two four seconds. Um, he came seventh. Uh, Mika Rantanen from Colorado. He scored one three seven point three seven nine seconds. Um, Roman Yossi from Nashville. You thought might have been a contender for that event? Well, no. He only got one hundred seven point one two eight seconds. Thomas Shabbat from Ottawa, 100.568. Then Keith Yandel from Florida Panthers, 94.611. Ryan O'Reilly from St. Louis, next year's host, 85.897. Sebastian Aho from Carolina, 78.530. And then the Everton Oilers, Leon Dressler got it in 69.088 seconds. So a bit of a margin on that event there, but a third win for Team Pacific in the events. Hardest shot. Now, this was an unbalanced contest as we had two representing Team Metropolitan, one for Pacific and one for Atlantic. There were no representatives from Team Central here. Just, that's probably how the way it was decided. I don't know how they decided these, but maybe next year have one each division or let's have eight players. Now, if you're four players, we had a shark. Now, in this event, you get two attempts. And it's the highest speed that scores you. Scores you. On his first shot, he missed. Oh, my word. Uh, here you go to show. Harder shot. Oh, you think that's an easier bend? Yeah. No, it's not. His second shot did go the 100s, though. It was 100.6, but obviously... Yeah, that first attempt what they down. Um, the other person to get to 100, the hundreds actually was the winner for this one, John Carlson from the Capitals for Team Metropolitan. His first attempt was 102.8 miles per hour. His second attempt was 100.8. 
Uh, the rest were in 90s. Seth Jones won Columbus's first attempt was 99.4. Um, his second attempt was 95.1, so he's one. And Steven Stamakos from Tampa Bay, his first attempt was 96.2 on Tower, his second attempt, 93.1. So that was a win for Team Metropolitan. Actually shooting the final round, simple, five targets, you hit, just got to hit them in the fastest time. This saw Joe Kabelski representing your Sharks, he finished in fourth place. Please get 14.423 seconds. Uh, the others below him were Blake Wheeler from William Pegg on 18.585. Nikita Kurosot from Tampa Bay Lightning, 19.706. Carl Palmeri from New Jersey, 20.209. And Austin Matthews on Toronto, 35.626. The top three in that event were... I can't believe this. Drew Doughty. Top three, honestly, in San Jose. He's got... He did complete it in 13.591 seconds. Chris Letang. Oh, Penguin gets worse. He came second with 12.693 seconds. And David Pasternak... But the Boston Bruins win it for the Atlantic on 11.309 seconds. That completes the round, the All-Star Skills competition. So, Team Central won nil. Team Pacific ended up winning three of the events. And Team Metropolitan winning two. Team Atlantic won a bend. Okay, when we come back, it's on to the games themselves. So after Friday's skills fun bonanza, it was on to the serious but still fun stuff on the Saturday as it was the games themselves. So since this spring on three tournaments introduced in Nashville back in 2016, it's two semi-finals, one final. Final. Each game is played with 20 minutes, so two 10-minute halves. If the scores are tied, which we've yet to see yet, but if they were to be tied at the end of the game, we would go to a party shootout decide who goes to the grand final. I was wondering if we were going to see this happen this year, but no. So that's a target for St. Louis. It's got to happen eventually. I mean, after all, as we're about to get on to, Team Central made the final for the first time this year. So who knows? Next year, we have a shootout. Okay, first half was Team Central taking on the home side, Team Pacific. And this is where the fun stops in terms of thinking you know you've cracked the All-Star Weekend by now, as Team Pacific were on the wrong end of a 10-4 scoreline. Wow. So, in each get, um, half, one netminer goes in. So, there's two netminers for each division. One goes in for the first half, and then they swap the second half. So, for Team Pacific, we had John Gibson from Anaheim and Mark Andrew from Vegas. Now, John Gibson has done okay for Anaheim, particularly for us shots, as we saw in opening night. Um, so you thought he might still well, but oh my word, it was goal to goal to goal in a very heavy first half. Team Central scored seven times, while Team Pacific only got one goal in that first half. Coming from, guess who? Eric Carlson! Now, if you've been following the recent episodes of Terraport, you know I haven't been impressed with him this year. I thought he was a big trade and it just ended up backfiring on us. Um, 
Yes, he has got. A, he has had a few. It was like, oh my god, he's finally found his element. And he didn't just get one. Oh no, his first one came at four fifty-one in the first half. He then, in the second half, picked up another one at five fifty-two. Uh, with Brett Burns getting the uh, one himself uh, at six o two. That could be the scoring. Uh, with Pavelski assisting on the, those two goals in the in final shot says in the second half. The only other Pacific Division team that got a goal was Johnny Goodrow. He made it 10-2 at 4.47 with assist from Colin McDavid, who was a bit of a letdown. He had quite a few plenty of chances, as we all know. Colin McDavid is a fourth on a good day but it wasn't a good day he had a lot of shots and he just kept missing and uh, now speaking of the shots I think Joe Pabelski should have had a goal I really did I was really I was winning him on after Brent Burns scored because I thought right come on Joe you got to do it now come on there's still time and he did have one I think should have gone in I think it's been counted he should have had it but anyway assist is not bad though and he it's amazing. In fact, the Sharks' line is amazing, and I'm glad that Calgary's coach kept his word and said, I'm going to put the Sharks' line on, because that's what the fans want to see. So I thank you for that. Um, unfortunately, it was, it was a bit of a bad, bad night. Um, I don't think we can put it all on John Gibson, though, because Flurry let in, was it free? Yes, free. He let in free. So I don't think we can blame it all on John Gibson, but... Compared to how the mascot game went earlier, I think Wildwing might have done a better job. Um, but, but anyway, so yes, the Team Central blitz their way to their first final there. But Team Pacific was all sharks. Sharks, as we prove, we're not going to see their gold over, 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 and we. That's an impressive night, anyway. So that was the first so far, 10-4 for Team Central. So we go to the five for the very first time. But who would they face? Atlantic or Metropolitan? Well, this game, um, for me, uh, in the last edition, it's always been the exciting one because with, with the Western one, it's been more obvious. This would be one exciting. And it was for the first two periods. No, sorry, first half. Well, first two thirds of the game, we'll say. In the first half, it was a tight affair with Team Metropolitan just that little head. Um, head. And the scoring started early, 15 seconds into the fir first half. The nemesis that is Sydney Crosby got the Metros up. First, and then it was a bit back and forth. Fourth, really. The Metro didn't make it too near before the two minute mark, but then after that, Team Atlantic uh, worked their way to claw back. They clawed back. Uh, their first goal, literally coming only, only eight seconds after Team Metro made it 2 1. Well, and then about a minute and nine seconds later, it was 2 2, and it was at nine minutes 40 seconds. So just two, so just 20 seconds to go before the end of the first half. Uh, Steph Jones from Columbus made it 3-2 for Team Metropolitan. 
Um, Netmeyer from both for both halves on both sides did brilliantly here, and I thought it was going to go to a shootout. I thought it was going to go to a shootout. Team Atlantic in the first second half equalised straight away at 56 seconds. They then took a brief 4-3 lead at, at 1:28, but unfortunately. It was the Pittsburgh Meanies. First Crosby at 3.37, followed by Latang roughly three minutes later. And unfortunately after that, it was game over for Team Atlantic. Um, should they pull it at mine? I don't know. Well, we did see that coming up in the final, which we'll talk about. But either way, Despite Team Metropolitan winning 7-4, I thought this was a much closer affair than on paper. Right, grand final. Team Central be Team Metropolitan. Now, Team Central, you need to have given the crowd something worth cheering for after you delivered that shock blow to Team Pacific. And what happened in the first half? Exactly. Silence. Silence. It was all Team Metropolitan that first half. They scored five goals. One, two, two of them from the Pittsburgh, from the Pittsburgh Meanies. And the damage was done. It was done after that. It, it was almost like the karma from the, the semi against Team Pacific was m mirrored. Mirrored there, because you blitzed to Pacific the first half of your service. Now you're getting blitzed and see how you like it. And you were the dark jerseys as well. Um, but the second half gave some much needed light. Team Central style, what looked like it was going to be a comeback. One minute 50 seconds gone in the second half, it was 5-1. Um, from Gabriel Landeskog. Then... At 3.25, it was 5-2 from Mika Rantanon. Crosby, again, brought the four-goalie back. Ryder Riley, from next year's host at Lewis, brought it back to a three-goal deficit. Then after that, it was a bit of a blowout, as Sebastian Loho, Cam Atkinson and Matthew Barzell, all within a space of two minutes apart, Made it over for Team Central. They did pull two goals back, uh, near it towards the end. They even went, tried to pull a net mind. They even pulled a net minder. I was like, "What are you doing? No, no!" So they got so that gave Team Match Pond a freebie. Okay, so the first goal was ten five there. For Team Match Pond, Team Match Pond winning this is All Star. Weekend and the MVP was you can start Boogie one two. The MVP was Sydney Crosby. He scored four goals and four assists in that weekend. So congratulations to Team Metropolitan. Okay, we're not done there though. It's time to see talk about the mascots. Okay, if you think after talking about the All-Star game itself when we're done, 
No, 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 no. The mascots get involved as well. They are the lovable unsung heroes of our league. League. New York Rangers, get one. You're missing out. Get one. Also, Seattle, when you arrive, get one. They're great fun. They're lovable. Look at Sharky, for example. Lovable. People love them eventually. Takes a bit of time, but they're great. The Unsung Heroes. And since 2015, they've had their very own mascot showdown. Over four days, the mascots compete in special games themselves to prove which side's the best, east or west. And of course, I'm biased because I'm because obviously the Sharks, we've got the best mascot and the most hardest working mascot in the league. Don't care what the Philadelphia Flyers say, we've got the best mascot in the sphere, SJ Jackie. And if you saw the opening to the to the first thirty final. He literally lit up! Literally, it was brilliant! Brilliant! Saw a little glimpse of him. And you know, I was wearing this massive suit with all these lights on. I was thinking, I was in stitches! <laughs> I was like, can he do that for permanently from now on in the build up? Let's put, put him somewhere on the, on the ice and just light up. Be brilliant. Amazing. Right, back to Spain itself. So this year, Mascot Show was very spe um, special for Team East. As after last year, Team West getting a new rookie in the form of Chance for the Vegas Golden Knights. Team East got, a, got one in the form of Gritty. Feel free to boo if you want to. Now, Gritty and Sharky, I don't think they're even best of friends with because Gritty started that little feud. Take, if you didn't, you know what I'm talking about, right? In the build-up to our first meeting against the Flyers, which was in Philadelphia... It was way back at the start of the season. Gritty posted a video of him basically harassing plus Sharkies. I think, if I remember right, he just basically literally just threw them all over the, off the shelves. They're a great big mess. I think that's a way to say that he thinks he's better than a shark. Well, Sharky, not being able to take that line down, then, because it was nearing Halloween time, posted one of Smash Pumpkins. I think that's another way to say that's gritty, which some of them was a nasty Halloween costume anyway. So yeah. Um. So clearly it was going to be these two in, co in competition for MBM, which of course is the most powerful mascot at the end of the event. But one of the highlights is the mascot All Star Game themselves. Yes. Before the All Star Games begin for the players, the mascots have a two eight minute period. And they basically pound the ice. It's good fun. And if you saw on the HL website, you were able to watch it. It was streamed live both on the HL network and on Twitter. And I myself watched it. I loved it. I'm going to try and recap the best way I can because it wasn't very clear for Team East who their goal scores were. I think I remember NJ Devil and Blaze got one. And then the other one was a bit. Confusing, it was a bit so anyway. The team West Sharky was the star scoring first, and it's like, Yeah, yes, Sharky, God damn. And that began what was an unstoppable win for Team West. Uh, Howler got one, Chance got one, 
Yeah, I know. I can't believe that. And then Sharky picked up another two um, for a hat-trick. Although his last one, I thought it looked like Mick, Mick from Winnipeg was going to do it. And then, no, the puck got past. I thought like, yeah! And then... Sharky. Um, some of my notable players from Team West were Louis, next year's host. He, he came close a few t- times. Harvey the Hound from Calgary, he came close. Bernie from Colorado, he also came close. Um, and Wild Wing, he was impressed with net. So it was Carlton and Wild Wing in the nets. Carlton from Toronto for the east and Wild Wing obviously from Anaheim in the west. Wild Wing did very well for that first half. Second half it was like, oh no Wild Wing. It's not an Anaheim Ducks game. It's a mascot showdown. Come on. Um, but luckily, it was he was able to hold the, the onslaught from Team East. It didn't look like it was if I got some momentum up. Um, and it was just amazing to watch. I think we need to see more of the mascot showdown on the showdown, maybe online. Because as I said, they are the unsung heroes. They are stars in their own right. And I think it would encourage more people to be aware of these guys. And, be, and obviously, it's a fun weekend. Let's see more of the activities. So here are the most by my mascot. Come on. Did you ask that question? It was, of course, your SJ Shaggy. I mean, how could you not give it to him after getting a hat-trick in the All-Star mascot showdown? I mean, come on. Brilliant work there from my Sharky. Sharky. And I did some research over who has won MBM in the last couple of years. Stinger won it in 2015. Bailey, Bailey, no, Nash in 2016. Then Bailey in 2017. And last year was Thunderbug in tw- last year, 2018. So Louis, who of course is, ne- is the Blues mascot, who will be hosting next year, he's got the pressure. He has got the pressure, I should say. Day. So let's conclude by rounding off what has been a fantastic weekend. I personally think this has been a fantastic opportunity for us as a as a city to show the NHL, look, this is what we can do. And we are capable of hosting these events. We are a fantastic place to play in. We are the tough building to play in. And I hope that it means that maybe a couple of years later down the line the NHL could maybe award us with the Winter Classic. I mean, we've done the Stadium Series, tick. We've done loads of playoff matches, tick. We've done the All-Star Weekend twice now, tick. Obviously, Stanley Cup needs, still needs to win. That needs, that needs to happen. Winter, the other thing is Winter Classic. So let's check that out, yeah. So I think maybe the All-Star Weekend can, can be a short example for the NHL to see, look, we're capable of hosting these events. It's just... You need to come and have a talk with us and say, okay, we'd like to do that. Now, obviously, next year, of course, Dallas will be hosting the Winter Classic. But I think maybe the year after, we may make an aim, 2021. Because by then, we'll be celebrating our 30th anniversary as a franchise. And I think that would work in frame nicely. But if we have to wait a little bit further after that, then fine. But hopefully one day, that will be ticked off as well. And... I think the games were very well attended in the skills itself. It's just an amazing, amazing event. I hope every single one of you went there had lots of fun. 
but of course, it's now back to the serious business. Um, your Sharks are on the bye week now. We're back in action on the February the 2nd. We'll be hosting now as a Coyotes. It's the final matchup between these two teams. And Arizona, despite some narrow margin, have the advantage. So it will be looking to equalise the series record on there. And after that, it is the big Canadian road trip. Yep, starting in Winnipeg. Peg, and then we are in... In Calgary. Oh, that's another one. Edmonton and Vancouver. So we're in Winnipeg on the 5th, Calgary the 7th, Edmonton the 9th, and Vancouver the 11th. So 48 hours apart from each other. This is going to be the big test. For Saturday, because Team Canada, particularly for the Western side, are a force that needs to be taken down now. Particularly Calgary, as we enter the final stretch of the season. Anyway, that concludes this very special episode, looking back at the All-Star Weekend. Next time I see you guys, we'll be looking back at the January 2019, and see how our first month of the 2019 Canada year had got underway. So, have a nice little break, and I'll see you very soon, so I'll leave you now. <laughs>